When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of America's team. Joined, as always, by Brian Broadus. He is a former Super Bowl winning NFL scout. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday on uh, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. And you can also catch him as the pre- and post-game host, co-host of uh, the on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Uh, Brian, how you doing today? Doing well, Robert. Uh, happy December. Man, this year yes. is flying by. So that's what happens. That's what happens. You get through training camp. You get through like the first month. And then the next thing you know, you're into December and you're talking about meaningful football games. And there's a lot of teams uh, playing meaningful football right now. Yeah, you know, it's funny. This uh this year you say this year's been blowing by. It's it's funny. I, I feel like we've made up for uh 2020 was about the slowest year on record. I like like I mean that that felt like two years mixed in. And then I feel like because of that and our experiences in 2020, 2021 and 2022 have blown by. And right. it, it all totally, you know, 2020 felt like two years. These last two years have felt like six months each. So over the course of the time, it feels like three years total. So it works out well. Uh, Brian, I know you got a chance to watch these Indianapolis Colts a little bit. Uh, I've uh, I've got a chance to see a little bit of them. I saw a little bit more uh, in just some study I'd done a couple weeks ago uh, of the Frank Reich iteration. But I've seen a little bit of uh, the Jeff Saturday teams now. Uh, watch the most recent game. But let's go through some of your thoughts on this Colts team. First thing I want to touch on, because I think it's been a discussion point for a lot of people. Um, you know, we, we talk about how great Dallas's pass rush has been. And, you know, we hear the same line that the Colts pass protection is just about as bad as the Cowboys pass rush is good. Uh, are you seeing on tape that this is a, 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 an offensive line for Indianapolis that's as bad as the stats seem to say it is? Do you think it's more a, an issue of Matt Ryan holding onto the ball too long and, and that the offensive line maybe isn't quite as bad as it would appear on the surface? Or, or how do you evaluate uh, the way the Colts protect up front? Yeah, I think there's been some times where Matt Ryan has held the ball. And, you know, if you watch what's happened, and I went back and did the the games under the Jeff Saturday administration because you have a fired offensive coordinator, you fired a head coach who was a primary play caller. So now you have a first-time play caller. Uh, and so I was interested to see how that was all transpiring. I, to be honest with you, Bobby, the, the last three games, as Jeff Saturday as a coach, I kind of felt like that maybe the – Colts had a chance to win all three. Uh, they had a chance. Uh, clearly, they played very well against the Raiders uh, in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, did a great job there. Uh, they they had Philadelphia on the ropes uh, in their game uh, a couple of weeks ago to the point where if they could have found any kind of offense there, 
They were able to get turnovers. Uh, they they caused the turnover to start the, the second half uh, coming from behind. Ngakwe stacks uh, Jalen Hurts, balls on the ground, balls now inside the 20 chance, but then you end up with a field goal. They miss a field goal. You know, they had some chances. And then you look what happened to them on Monday night against Pittsburgh. You know, they were in that game, had a chance, gave up a lead, uh, you know, got in a situation where uh, they were, uh, you know, they they could have could have very well won that game if they managed the game, at least got the thing to overtime. Uh, so I think when you look at the Colts and watch them play, the ball doesn't go down the field very much. The offense struggles to score points. Um, it's a very capable running game. Uh, with Jonathan Taylor as that running back. I, you know, he's 5'10 and a half. He's 225 pounds. He's a load coming at you. Uh, he hasn't been clearly as productive as he was last year, but this is a team that's capable of, you know, they're capable because of the player. And I think the thing with Matt Ryan is you watch him play, and when he's had trouble, it's he's held the ball. He's held the ball, and that's resulted into a lot of sacks uh, because he's just – it's not that he's not sure. It's just that he doesn't want to put the ball into some harm's way. I feel like they've got a couple of good, decent receivers when you talk about Michael Pittman. And then my, one of my favorites was Alec Pierce uh, from University of Cincinnati. Both these guys are tall, long kinds of players, but you don't see the ball go downfield a whole heck of a lot You know, with these guys. Uh you know, Paris Campbell's kind of everything is kind of underneath. And, you know, so they're trying to get the ball out a lot quicker. I just have a feeling in this game against the Cowboys. I don't know. I say this every week. We talk about it every week. I don't know why you wouldn't come into a game plan and thinking, hey, we need to run the ball. Teams have seen what's happened when you're not capable of, of playing with balance, you know, you, you get put in situations like what happened in Minnesota. They give up sacks and they give up pressure, and it turns out to be a loss. So I think the Colts are going to come into this game. Jeff Saturday is going to say, hey, we've got to run the football. We've got to try and test these guys. Now, where it's going to be up to is the Cowboys offense. Can you put this Colts defense on skates and then continually score and score and score and put pressure on? on the Colts offense to have to stay with you. I think this game is really going to be more about the Cowboys offense than it is their defense. Now it's, you talk about how Jonathan Taylor is still a very productive runner. Um, even though he's not quite up to uh, the, the level of performance that we saw last year, we, we can see the Indianapolis offense has struggled a great deal. I mean, and in large part uh, the, the offense and its struggles are, are why Frank Reich is no longer there. Right. Um, because, I mean, they, they just think they, they can't score points. The defense, oddly enough, uh, for a team that fired their coach in the middle of the year, the defense is pretty solid, I feel like. I, you know, they, they they don't, you know, give up a ton of points. Um, they're, you know, I, I wouldn't say they're one of the, the top three or four defenses in the league or anything like that. But they are a, a better than league average defense, I feel like. Where do you feel like there may be some susceptibility uh, for the Cowboys to to take advantage of of this matchup, though, because I, I feel like one of the areas that would be good to see is if early on Dak Prescott can can put pressure on this Colts team by by putting up some points, forcing them to get away from Jonathan Taylor, and forcing Matt Ryan 
to have to beat you through the air with Alec Pierce and, and Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman and guys like that? Well, when you look at the the Colts defense, you know, the numbers say it is, you know, uh, one of the better defenses in the league. But the problem that they run into is they're in they're in a lot of games where they trail. And you know, if you look at the Colts, it's just an example in the second half of their games this year, they've only had 50 snaps where they've had a lead. That's mm-hmm. it. And they've played 12 games. They they've only got they've got <laughs> They've only had 50 snaps all year long, and that's only ahead of the Houston Texans uh, as far as uh, that number. And the the Colts, what happens is, you know, teams don't throw the ball against them because they're always behind. You know, yeah. I mean, teams are. I mean, the, what you're trying to run the clock out. The Colts face like and here are numbers for you. The Colts just face about 30 pass attempts per game because they trail in so many games. So their pass defense is really, really, really good, but nobody throws the ball on them, you know? But they, they're in a situation, though, when teams do throw the ball on them, teams complete like 69% of their passes. That's 29th in the league. They nice. play a ton of zone coverage. They give up like almost seven yards an attempt. That's like 12th best in the league. Ten yards per completion. That's fifth in the league. And then – only a touchdown rate of around 4%, which is 10th in the league. So, you know, you you see sometimes by playing behind, teams will say, well, not, we're not going to throw the ball on them because we're just trying to run it out, you know. And if you look at the rushing numbers, the rushing numbers I don't think are as good as what their pass numbers are, our pass defense. So, yeah, it, this, is, this, is a, this is a tough game, you know, when you look at – the Colts, because you know they're they're in a situation where they they just don't ever have a lead, they, and they don't ever get to use their defense to their advantage. And you know when the Cowboys get in a situation, I mean with Dak Prescott, and here I'm killing you with numbers, but like you know, <laughs> hey, you look numbers at, are good. Numbers are good. But since you know the Cowboys have been fifty seven percent with on third down since Dak Prescott's come back in Week Seven, that's the highest rate in the league. You know, and so the Colts are going to have to deal with that. And the Cowboys are a really good balanced team, you know. So me personally, I kind of feel like you can throw the ball because I watch, you know, Gilmore and those guys. I I think you got to step on Gilmore. I think you have to attack him in this game. The three games that I watched, teams were making plays on him. This is not the player that we saw that was that shutdown guy in, in New England. So if I'm the Cowboys, by all means, I'm throwing the ball on these guys. I'm going to protect. I'm going to try and find a way. They're a four-man rush. They don't like the blitz. Ngakwe is like their best player when it comes to the rush. Find a way to block him. Find a way to take care of uh, Buckner inside. And, you know, kind of work from there. And then make these plays, uh, you know, in their secondary. I, I, I think the Cowboys are more than capable of doing that. And the more you do that, the more you score – that puts the most pressure because, again, here's numbers for you again. The Cowboys are the first in, in the NFL in points per drive at, at three, at you know, at three at three points per drive since Dak returned again, week seven again. The Colts are 31st per points per drive offensively at 
1.4. That's 31st in the league. So you see where I'm getting at, and that's yeah. since week seven. Dallas continues to score points. Colts can't score points, and that puts a lot of pressure on their offense. You know, it's funny. You you talk about challenging through the air, and there's a couple corners there that I, I think you know are, are familiar names for NFL fans. You mentioned Stephon Gilmore. Kenny Moore is another one that some fans would be familiar with. But the guy that I like was kind of impressed with there in their secondary actually was Isaiah Rogers. He looks like a pretty good little corner. Like, like I, I think that I'd, I think you're right. I think I'd try testing guys like Kenny Moore and Stephon Gilmore uh, before I throw the direction of uh, Isaiah Rogers. But yeah, you know they, they've got, they're not a, a a bad football team in terms of talent. Like that's the interesting thing about this team, Brian. When I watch them, is that I don't feel like they're just this complete talent deficit. I think they've got decent players uh, across the board. What what's your your best reasoning you think for the struggles that this team has, does it just come back to, they've never been able to figure out how to replace Andrew Luck. I mean, is that honestly what it comes down to? They don't have a quarterback and it puts them in bad situations where they fall down. And then the defense has pressure on them because it feels like they've got a decent roster. It doesn't feel like a bottom of the league roster to me when I watch them. No. And you know, I've, I've always had a lot of respect for Chris Ballard, who is the general manager there. But they have chased this quarterback thing uh, for, it feels like, forever. When you look at, and, you know, the veteran quarterbacks, and, you know, they, they had Carson Wentz last year. You know, basically Jim Ursay said, if you don't get rid of Carson Wentz, I'm going to get rid of you, Chris. I'm going to get rid of you, Frank. Well, he got rid of one of the guys is what he did. But I, I, I feel like this team has just chased – you know, they've been chasing these problems uh, with this quarterback. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where they, you know, the turnovers are a huge problem in yeah. these games. I mean, you, you go down, it seems like that every game they have multiple turnovers. They had, they had three turnovers against Jacksonville in week two, lost the game. Had three turnovers against Tennessee. Uh, in a game that was played in a week four, uh, had three turnovers in a loss, another loss to Tennessee in week seven. You know, had two turnovers against the Commanders in week eight, lost the game. They, they, they're going to turn the ball over. That They've only had one game where they didn't turn the ball over offensively, and that was against Jacksonville in week six. So they turn over the ball. They, they're, 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 they, don't, they don't get first downs along the way. You watch their. I mean, they've had games where like they've had nine. They've had nine first downs in a game. They've had seventeen first downs in a game. Fifteen first downs. Eight first downs. Fourteen third first downs in a game. They just don't sustain the ball. They don't. Yeah. They don't finish drives. You know that that's a big big problem for them. They turn it over. They're not good at getting first downs, and and the offense struggles uh, uh, scoring points. Would you anticipate, I mean, obviously we, we've seen Matt Ryan's struggles and everything else, but last year we saw in particular Dan Quinn seemed to have a real good beat on that guy, which makes a lot of sense. He was in the same building with him for a long time. Would you anticipate him being able to come out and, and have him figured out, or do you think that was more just an advantage he had over Atlanta as a whole coming out of that building the year before? I think he's got. I think he has an understanding of how he wants to attack Matt Ryan in this game. The problem is, I don't think Matt Ryan is going to let you attack him in this game. I think this is the ball's going to come out quick. 
I don't know how much pressure you're going to be able to generate. You know, when you get around Matt Ryan, he's run for uh, some first downs here. He's not the most mobile quarterback, but that ball is going to come out so quick. So to me, what's going to be really key in this game is rush and then elevate. Rush and elevate. Because if ball's coming out, he'll throw the ball at a trajectory that will throw it low enough that balls will get tipped in the air. So that's where you got to be very mindful. If you're not going to get home, get the hands up quick because he's going to throw the ball on the line and he's going to get it out quick. You know, whether it's to these wide receivers we talked about or to the, uh, to the tight end, you know, that's kind of his, his thing now. So I, I, I would, I would anticipate him, you know, going in, how much pressure can you get on him? Can you get the ball? Can you get him to hold the ball? Like 70, here's another number for you. I'm full you're, of numbers. You're full of numbers today. You, I'm full you of, I, 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 I just, I was just looking and like 79% of their passes are under 10 yards. Routes are under 10 yards. You know, that, that's where they're at right now. Yeah. That's, I mean, can you find a way to take away these with Pittman and Pierce, these big body guys and, you know, and the tight end, you know, can you find a way to, to take away, you know, that, Woods and yeah. yeah, yeah. And Woods, I mean, you know, you know, that's a big guy to have to deal with and have to cover, but I, you know, the ball is going to come out quick. You just got to get hands up, be ready to drive on the ball. Me personally, I would try and take Pittman out of the game with Diggs. And I would put yeah. basically 10 guys in the box and say, let's try and see if you can run the ball against that. I don't think that's a, a bad idea. By the way, Jelani Woods, a guy the Cowboys had a lot of interest in uh, before sure the draft this year. They ended up with Jake Ferguson, though. I don't think they're too disappointed with that. Nah. Uh, you're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.